to the Rest of DeLorean Podcast. This is episode 295. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and we got a super stacked show for you today because we're talking all about AEW Collision from this past Saturday. It was one hell of a show, and I cannot wait to get into all the details about this classic event. But first, if you don't already, follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Shout out to all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. Without you, there is no me. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Make sure you hit that download button. Make sure you leave us a five-star rating. And if you're feeling generous, make sure you give us a beautiful review. I appreciate you all. Let's get to the Super Stack Show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Monday routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Like I said, I, I cannot thank you guys enough, all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers, especially for the turnout that we got. On Friday's Passengers Pick episode, where I covered the show that my Wrestling DeLorean Passengers picked on the uh, Twitter poll. It was ECW One Night Stand 2006. Awesome, awesome show. I had a lot of fun covering that show. And thank you so much for all my Wrestling DeLorean Passengers who participated in the Twitter poll. There will be another Twitter poll for this week's Wrestling DeLorean Passengers Pick And it will be up tomorrow morning with four new shows that you can vote from and pick the show that I will be discussing on this upcoming Friday's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Uh, I don't know why I said podcast like that, but we're going to let it rock. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to talk about a classic show on this episode. I want to go back to the Raw reviews from 2001 on this episode, but I have to, have to, have to take a break from our regular scheduled programming to talk all about this past Saturday's AEW Collision. This show had a lot of hype going into it. This show had a lot of buzz. This show had a lot of controversy. And it was all because of the polarizing CM Punk. Now, I talked about CM Punk a couple uh, episodes ago, talking about how I feel, you know, AEW could benefit from CM Punk being back. And I still agree. And his return on Saturday made it evident that I was right. Now, before we get into that, before we talk about Saturday, I believe it was either Wednesday or Thursday from this past week where it was made aware to us all as wrestling fans and internet wrestling community that ESPN had an interview with CM Punk. And there was a lot of speculation that CM Punk went, you know, kind of hard with his comments on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page on Kenta and... It was reported that AEW was in damage control for this interview with ESPN. I don't think the interview on ESPN came out until about Friday. And I was waiting for a video interview. It actually ended up being a uh, a text interview, I guess, because it was a reported story on ESPN.com. And I got to say, I feel like people may have jumped the gun. I, I feel like people may have made, you know mountains out of molehills if that's the saying i believe that's the saying but basically the comments made by cm punk was not nothing that we already didn't know the comments made by cm punk were mostly about hangman adam page it seems like this whole issue with the elite was mostly over hangman adam page cm punk talked about in this interview with espn that he actually had a good relationship with the elite 
CM Punk talked about how he had a good relationship with Hangman. Before their feud, Hangman Page got COVID. And CM Punk actually reached out to Hangman Adam Page and was checking in on him as Hangman was recovering from COVID. There were times where CM Punk went up to Kenny Omega before his matches and wanted to make sure that he's not going to do anything in his match that interferes with Kenny Omega's match. Sounds like there was a bit of a good relationship between the Elite and CM Punk. So where did it all go haywire? So we all know the story of Hangman going into business for himself. The promo leading up to their Double or Nothing 2022 matchup for the AEW champion. Hangman went to business for himself and said the lines, you talk a big game about workers' rights, but since you got to AEW, you've been doing the exact opposite. And at Double or Nothing for the first time ever, I'm not going to be defending the A championship against you, but I'll be defending AEW from you. This was a line that CM Punk was caught off guard with and was unaware was going to happen. So backstage, CM Punk confronts Hangman Page. And Hangman Page says the reason why he feels this way is because CM Punk got Cole Cabana fired from the company. When in actuality, CM Punk did not get Cole Cabana fired from the company, Colt Cabana was overseas doing promotional work for AEW Games. If this story is right, this changes what I said months ago about the Elite being right and CM Punk being wrong. So the rumors out there were CM Punk got Colt Cabana fired. It is to Punk's belief that those rumors were started by the Elite. Those rumors were started by none other than Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. Now, supposedly, CM Punk got pissed off because he has nothing to do with Cole Cabana. Said that he does not care about Cole Cabana, nor would he care to get him even fired. So, for someone who he was checking in on, someone who he had a relationship with, like Hangman Adam Page taking this route instead of talking to CM Punk first, it's kind of wrong. So I could see where this narrative was spinning around, this false narrative of CM Punk getting Cole Cabana fired. I could see how that pissed CM Punk off to the fact that he needed to defend himself. Now, for those who are asking where's Cole Cabana now, Cole Cabana's still not fired with the company. He's in Ring of Honor. He's he's talent for Ring of Honor which is still owned by Tony Khan, that is not being fired. There's a lot of AEW talent that are no longer with AEW, but are regular on Ring of Honor. No one's saying anything about Christopher Daniels. No one's saying anything about guys like, on. Uh, what's called, what's his name? Action Andretti. These are guys that were regulars on AEW and now are Ring of Honor superstars. Because obviously when Ring of Honor started shows, they needed to fill out a roster, a second roster. And maybe the whole idea was guys who were not being used on a regular on AEW could go to Ring of Honor and get working. And that was the case with Colt Cabana. So the narrative that CM Punk got Colt Cabana fired is false because it, the proof is in the pudding. Colt Cabana is still with the company. To this day, even after all of this. So once again, I can understand why CM Punk is mad. 
He says in this interview also that he regrets the way he went about things at the media scrum and made it a point to apologize to Tony Khan. He also said that after the whole fight with the elite, he's reached out numerous times to make amends with the elite or to at least sit down and have a conversation with the elite, but was welcomed with lawyers contacting him saying that he cannot be in communications with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. It was also said in this interview that even after the fight that night, even after the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, A Steel, CM Punk all gone to a brawl, after the fight, Kenny Omega and CM Punk walked off to the side and had a brief conversation that was more calm. So I don't necessarily think that the problem is Kenny Omega and CM Punk, more being the Bucks and CM Punk. And here's the thing. It's one thing if the Young Bucks were just talent, but the Young Bucks are EVPs, Executive Vice Presidents of this company. You got to put your feelings aside. Whether you like the man or you hate the man, you got to put your feelings aside for the betterment of the company that you're a vice president of. But instead, they don't like CM Punk now after all the drama, so they refuse to work with him, and that's why we have to have separation between the elite and CM Punk. CM Punk says still to this day he is willing to have a sit-down conversation with all parties involved, but he doesn't think it's going to happen. And for everybody who thinks that this is going to play out on TV as a storyline, he said it's not going to happen even though he wants it to. He thinks that you know we're just men who got into a squabble and let's go make money off of this. He said it will not happen because now there's lawyers involved and the elite don't want this to become a program on television. Now, this is really just one guy's story, but if what CM Punk is saying in this story is correct, then it's hard to disagree with what he's saying. If he's willing to sit down and apologize and sit down and have a conversation so everyone can move forward in the company, and the Young Bucks, who are also executive vice presidents of the company, refuse to talk to talent from the company that they're vice presidents of, That sounds like the most unprofessional thing out of this whole fiasco. But it was because of this ESPN interview that everybody thought that this could play out on collision. And there will be ramifications for CM Punk's words on collision. And there's going to be, you know, all this controversy. So we'll see. And I'm going to tell you right now, CM Punk did cut a promo. To start off Collision, it did have some notable subliminal disses towards the Young Bucks. And we're going to get into all that when we come back from this commercial break. So make sure you stay tuned because when we come back, we're talking all about AEW's debut episode of Collision. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into Collision. I'm excited for this show. The show took place in the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Nice turnout. Not as big of a turnout for that they had at uh, Rampage, the first dance or whatever they called it, where CM Punk debuted. Not as big of a turnout as they had at Forbidden Door last year for the United Center. I believe there were around 9,000 in attendance, which is really good for a turnout, but the building does hold almost 20,000 people. And AW was able to sell it out before, so definitely a sign of, you know, 
AEW's products current standing. I hope that they are able to start selling out more shows domestically because internationally we had an AEW sellout of All In, which is 90,000 in the motherfucking Wembley Stadium. But then they can't, you know, sell out anything in the States. It's a little iffy right now. But nonetheless, show starts out with CM Punk and they gave CM Punk a live mic. And that is a perfect, perfect way to start the show because... Everybody wanted to see CM Punk. Everybody wanted to hear what he was going to say after nine months of not being there, after Brawl Out, after ESPN interviews, after is he with the company, is he out the company, is he in the video game, is he out the video game? There was so many questions. CM Punk is here. He comes out with a sack and a pair of shoes over his neck. CM Punk says... That he's not here to be the nice guy. He's no longer going to be the nice guy. He's going to have to be himself. And he said that if that means you love him or hate him, it is what it is. But he will always be himself. He said that he's always going to be true to himself. And he doesn't care whether that makes the fans hate him. Whether that makes the people in the back hate him. All he could ever be is himself. He said that he has these shoes and he... He knows that there's a bunch of people in the back that wishes that he put these shoes down in the ground, symbolizing that he's walking away from professional wrestling. But before he does, there has to be someone who's willing to fill those shoes, and right now there is nobody who could fill the shoes of CM Punk. He starts saying that, you know, look at that sign over there. It says, Pepsi Phil, you could call me that. That sign over there says, best in the world, you could call me that. That sign over there says, CM Chump, you could even call me that. Then he name drops Dave Zasloff, who is the president of WBD, Warner Brothers Discovery. He said, Dave Zasloff calls me One Bill Phil because he is the true, genuine article of professional wrestling, a world filled with counterfeit bucks, which was an obvious shot at the Young Bucks, an obvious shot at the Elite. He says, everyone who wants an apology, I am sorry that you guys are softer than the wrestlers you're fans of. Which was another shot at the Elite. CM Punk was dropping bombs here. He says that he is the best in the world. He's a superstar and he is back tonight. The King is back. So we'll see. Can his body keep up with the mouth? Because lately, the last couple times we've seen CM Punk, CM Punk wrestles, and CM Punk is on the injury list. So... Later on tonight, main event, we're going to be talking about CM Punk's in-ring return. Oh, oh, I forgot what was in the bag, what was in the sack. CM Punk never showed what was actually in the sack, but he alluded to it being the AEW World Heavyweight Champion that he never lost. He said, until someone could pin me, I'm still the true champion of this company. Not because I had the best dog collar match in the world, but because he won the best dog collar match in the world. He said this as a complete shot at MJF, the current AEW world champion, the guy who's walking around with the triple B, who constantly every week says that he is the guy who participated in the best dog collar match in wrestling history. But like CM Punk said, MJF did not win the best dog collar match in wrestling history. But enough of the promo and the chit chat. Let's talk about the in-ring action because this show was packed with a lot of good in-ring action, all called by... Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness. I am a very big fan of Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness. They were the Ring of Honor play-by-play and color guy, the commentary team from 2011 to about 2014. 
And I always thought that Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness, they had great chemistry with each other. And I was really happy to hear them once again together here for AEW Collision. First matchup of the night, we had a TNT title matchup on TNT, which it's been a while that since that champion was actually defended on TNT. But a TNT title matchup where Wardlow went one-on-one against Luchasaurus, accompanied to the ring by Christian Cage. This was a really good big man matchup. Two big guys who went in there and was ready to go to war. Had a great matchup. I enjoyed it until the end, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm a frequent guest on the Circle Debate, and I say every time I'm on the Circle Debate, it feels like the TNT title gets tossed around like a hot potato. We had Wardlow win it, and then Samoa Joe took it from Wardlow, and then Wardlow took it from Joe, and then Wardlow lost it to Powerhouse Hobbs, and then Wardlow won it from Powerhouse Hobbs, and then now Wardlow loses it to Luchasaurus. That's about six title changes, and that was all within about five months. Garbage. Surprised that Luchasaurus actually won this matchup. With the help of Christian Cage, I should add that in. Christian Cage hitting Wardlow with a camera. So, Luchasaurus didn't win it alone. But nonetheless, Luchasaurus won the title. And all I'm asking for, whether you keep it on Luchasaurus or not, just give this man a title reign that will bring prestige back to that title. Because when Cody Rhodes originally held that title, it had prestige. When Brody Lee, rest in peace to the great Brody Lee, held that title, it felt prestigious. When Miro held that title, it felt prestigious. When Darby Allin held that title, it felt prestigious. I feel like... And this is no disrespect to the Spanish God, but I feel like when Sammy Guevara won that title and then switched it off to Cody and then won it back and then switched it off to Scorpio Sky and then won it back and then switched it off to such and such and won it back and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, that's when you start to see the TNT title play less of a role on that show. I feel at this point, the international title means a whole lot more than the TNT title. So all I'm hoping for, no matter who holds this title, is we get a... It doesn't even have to be lengthy, but give us a title run that is actually meaningful because right now that title does not mean jack shit. Anyway, next matchup. I understand also, by the way, let me just go back. I understand why you want to, you know, have a title change in the first matchup of the show. It shows that this show is not going to be a secondary show. You have to tune in to Collision because anything could happen. Shit, even in their first match, there was a title change. I understand why they did it. I just don't think that that was the title to do it for. Anyway. Next matchup, we have the return of Andrade El Idolo, who we haven't seen since his little scuffle with Sammy Guevara back in, I want to say, January, February. It's been a while since we've seen Andrade, and it wasn't because he was suspended the whole time. He did get suspended. He did get sent home for his fight backstage with Sammy Guevara, but more importantly, he was injured, and he was nursing an injury. He had to get surgery, I believe, on his bicep or his tricep. And now he's back. Andrade is a guy who, since coming to AEW, has not given, not been given much of a role, not been given much of a shot. And Andrade is a man who deserves a shot. Highly, highly entertaining, highly, highly talented. And that's what Collision is based off of. Collision is going to be the guys who AEW doesn't usually showcase, but are stars and have uber-talented matches. They're going to be showcased here on Collision. 
And we got that with Andrade going one-on-one against Buddy Matthews from the House of Black. Really good matchup. Great back and forth. Got a lot of this is awesome chants. Got a fight forever chant. This was a very good matchup. Buddy Matthews, another man who is super talented. Haven't seen him much in a singles role. Most of his matches are in trios matches when the House of Black is on the show, which is another team that should be showcased a lot more, especially because they're the trios champions. But getting a one-on-one match here against Andrade, phenomenal matchup. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this matchup, and it showed both guys off to be superstars. AEW needs to do a lot more of this, and if this is the vibe we're getting on Collision, sign me up. In the end, Andrade El Idolo beats Buddy Matthews. But... The lights go out, and out comes the House of Black. We have Brody King, Malachi Black, and Buddy Matthews take out Andrade El Idolo. And if this means we're going to be getting Andrade El Idolo versus the Faccion de Incarnabres, that would be fire. Give me Jurlistico, give me Roosh, and give me Andrade versus Malachi, Buddy, and Brody. And right now, that would be awesome. Hell, even if you don't want to put Jolistico in there, give me Preston Vance, a big guy like Preston Vance to match the strength of Brody King on the other end. That's going to be fire. So if this is the route that they're going, sign me up. Next matchup, we got the return. Another return. We got the return of the Redeemer, Miro. Miro had a squash matchup against Tony Nese, the premier athlete. And I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Miro being back felt so right. Miro is a megastar. Miro was one of the best TNT champions AEW had. Miro was a guy who was in WrestleMania against John Cena. The fact that he was not showcased on AEW for the past couple months hurts my soul. I'm so glad that Miro's back. He wins this matchup against the premier athlete, Tony Nese. At this point, Collision is looking like fire. And when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about the second half of the show. We have the Women's Championship on the show. We have a huge main event, six-man all-star match, and we're going to be talking all about it when we come back. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the second half of Collision. We already had great matches featuring guys who were not showcased on AEW in quite a while with Andrade and Miro. We had a hellacious promo by CM Punk. What else can we have? Here we also have a promo by The Acclaimed. They come out with Daddy Ass, and they basically say that The Acclaimed made their names and became superstars in this very arena in Chicago, and they plan on getting back to the mountaintop. They plan on once again being the AEW Tag Team Champions, but being that tomorrow, which already passed, is Father's Day. Shout out to all the fathers out there. Hope you all had a great Father's Day yesterday. But being that tomorrow was Father's Day, how about we all wish a very happy Father's Day to Daddy S? And then they had Shivani, Bowens, Caster, and Daddy S in a four-way scissors. Next up on the show, we had the team of Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale versus the Outcast, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. This was a very good women's matchup. I enjoyed this, and I really enjoyed the fact that Sky Blue got her comeuppance in her hometown of Chicago in front of her mother 
by pinning Ruby Soho in this matchup. Because if you remember on Dynamite just a few nights before, Tony Storm beat Sky Blue and in front of her mother made a mockery of her. Willow Nightingale makes the save, sets up the matchup for tonight, and Sky Blue gets her comeuppance. Now, does this make Sky Blue the number one contender? I would think so. I would think that after getting the victory here, Sky Blue should get a shot at Tony Storm's Women's Champion. But it was a nice, solid matchup. I did expect to see Thunder Rosa on the show, being that Thunder Rosa was also somebody that they promoted to be on the show. Maybe not night one. Maybe next week we'll see Thunder Rosa. But really cool to see the women getting a showcase here. And someone else who I expected on the show but was announced for next week is the return of Scorpio Sky. The very first tag team champion in AEW. The, I forgot, the number eight or nine or whatever uh, TNT champion. A guy who I thought should have held the title for longer. Uh, Scorpio Sky is a guy who I think deserves a shot and is very talented. Really cool to see Scorpio Sky back in the AEW ring next week. It is now time to talk about the all-star six-man trios main event. On one side, we have the team of Bullet Club Gold, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, the Switchblade, Jay White, teaming up with the return to AEW television. He's been on Ring of Honor television. But the return of AEW television of the king of television, the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe. The man who's the current Ring of Honor television champion and running a rough shot over that company right now. They're going up against the team of FTR, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, the current reigning AEW tag team champions, and the in-ring return of the man who we saw earlier in the night in the opening segment, CM Punk. CM Punk who looked pretty good in this matchup. I know a lot of people are talking about his shape, saying that, oh, he looked a little chubby. I mean, it's been a while since CM Punk's in the ring. CM Punk is getting older. But nonetheless, he looked good in this matchup. And even more importantly, CM Punk did not get injured in this matchup. <laughs> I love the fact that they called back to the one of the greatest trio, ma- well, not trios, but trilogy matches in wrestling history with CM Punk and Samoa Joe. That crowd went ballistic and wild when CM Punk and Samoa Joe went face-to-face. If you remember, and it's going all the way back 20 years, but if you remember, CM Punk and Samoa Joe had a trilogy of matches where all three matches were five-star matches. The best one, in my opinion, being CM Punk versus Samoa Joe Part 2 taking place in Chicago. Samoa Joe was chopping that boy like he wanted his money. Samoa Joe was beating the shit out of CM Punk. CM Punk, who was sporting a a golden armband, a or not armband, a golden elbow pad because of his torn tricep injury. But in the end, after a really good matchup that got a lot of time, FTR hits the smash machine onto uh, Juice Robinson, or what do they call it now? The big rig. They hit the big rig. On Juice Robinson. CM Punk gets him up and hits the GTS on Juice Robinson. One, two, three. Your winners, the trio of CMFTR. Really, really good main event. Anybody who shits on that main event does not like professional wrestling. I'm sorry. That was a technically sound matchup. That was a fun matchup. 
It picked up when it needed to pick up. It went back down when it needed to slow back down. Everybody looked like a million bucks. King Switch looked like a million bucks. FTR looked like a million bucks. Samoa Joe looked like a killer. And CM Punk looked good in his return. What more can you ask for? Very good matchup to cap off a very good episode of Collision. A very good debut episode of Collision. If this is what AEW is willing to offer every Saturday, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be hard to think that this is the better comp- well, better show than Dynamite. Dynamite is fun. Dynamite has a lot of storyline uh, builds. Dynamite has a lot of action. Dynamite is a great show, especially this past Dynamite. It was a phenomenal show with an even more phenomenal ending. But this collision was everything I want out of AEW. And that's saying a lot. But I had fun with this. Hopefully, they could keep up the momentum. I'm excited for this Wednesday. They're going to be in Chicago again. Supposedly, right now, it is billed that CM Punk will be back on Dynamite. I don't know if that means the Elite's not going to be there or if the Elite's going to be staying home or... I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast where I talked about AEW Collision. Once again, if you don't already, follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you download this podcast. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and make sure you leave us a review. Thank you so much for all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. I have international, baby, and it's all thanks to you guys. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday with another episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And what we will be talking about is the classic, classic Monday Night Raw. We're going to be going all the way back to 2001. Continuing our journey, talking about Monday Night Raw. So you don't want to miss it. Make sure you join us on Wednesday. Happy Juneteenth to everybody. Have a great week. Stay strong, stay safe, stay positive. One love, y'all. Peace out.